So, um, very special Christmas episode. Very, yeah. Welcome to a very special Christmas episode <laughs> of Dances of Vice, Horror, and Ecstasy. Uh, very good. The very um, you know festive theme of drug taking, underage teenage prostitution, and occult. The Just occult. your wholesome holiday content right here. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, after last week, when our heroic group of random investigators <laughs> went to see a rather extreme cabaret show by the notorious Anita Berber at the Weisser Mouse Cabaret, the events of the evening took a rather interesting turn when some kind of occult or arcane energy was released by, well, possibly by Berber, possibly just from the dance, possibly some other reason, which turned the already outrageous cabaret show into an all-in orgy of licentiousness and, and outrageous behaviour. Many hours later, in, in some of their cases, some of the, uh, the, the investigators woke up in various parts of Berlin, some in their own beds, some in others' beds, some not in beds at all. After which, Max Nemetz, the erstwhile co-star of Nosferatu, the 1922 film, woke up at his old film studio, headed home, and then received a call from Alvin Grau, the man who had invited them to the cabaret the night before, asking in urgent terms that Max and his friends would discreetly investigate Anita Berber and Henry Chatan Hoffman, her husband, who had caused such a furore at the Weissermatz the night before. He is sure that there is some occult practice going on, and he wishes to find out more but does not want his hand to be shown at this point. So we rejoin our friends at Cafe Sophia. Max and Katorian have perhaps gone off on an errand, leaving Eckhart Schill, Safina Rousseau, and Anne-Marie Kuhl to perhaps visit that curious person, Anita Berber. The three of you are in Cafe Sophia, trying to shake off those awful hangovers and whatever other lingering feelings there are from the night before. You know where Anita Berber lives. She lives at the Excelsior Hotel in room 333. Who knows? Maybe you will get to find out what happened to that chimpanzee. I believe I still have a key. You do still have a key. When did you get the key? <laughs> I charmed it out of a maid. Yep. Four years ago. Four years ago? <laughs> yeah, it's really probably in my flat somewhere. I could souvenir. I mean, yeah. the thing with the monkey was, I like Eckhart is is convinced that like, you know, that that like, that was a literal miracle. Like that was the 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 hand of God at work. Mm. Like, I mean, Cartorian like lost his mind, decided we needed this monkey, and then. That's the only thing that saved us in the end. It was unbelievable. So, yeah. I'm not really a religious man, but in this regard, like, yeah. So you head to the Excelsior. It's across from the Anhalter station, near the always bustling Potsdamer Platz, one of the main squares of Berlin. The grandest hotel in Europe has a restaurant facility sufficient to feed 15,000 patrons a day. The main lobby is an expansive carpeted labyrinth of stout columns and overstuffed armchairs, many occupied by gruff-looking men smoking cigars and perusing the papers. When you get to the... I guess you've got the key. Do you want to go via the reception? Well, if I see Max in the lobby, I would definitely go up to him. Oh, yeah. Max! Hi. <laughs> hey, Max! <laughs> uh, uh, we decided that Max and... 
Katorian had gone on an errand, some mysterious <laughs> errand, <laughs> but had instructed the others to meet them at the hotel. So um, maybe later on we can find out what that mysterious errand was. But right now, uh, you you're in the in the lobby, but but Katorian obviously got uh, delayed somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I asked them if they know where he is. We split up. You shaved for Christmas, didn't yes. you? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> You're looking wrong. You meant to have. This is the year of facial facial hair. We've been in lockdown so long that I I grew a beard and got rid of it in time. You had a really proper beard. Yeah, for, I had a six month long beard. You look about 21 now. <laughs> What's going on? So you're in the lobby of the Excelsior Hotel, and uh, this is where Anita and her husband Henri Chatan Hoffman have rooms. The interesting thing is the last time that Eckhart, Safina, and Victorian were here, uh, she had a different husband <laughs> who was also share it, living out of those apartments. She kind of goes through husbands like most people go through, uh, I don't know. But yeah, Henri Chatan Hoffman, who is her kind of dance partner, choreographer, and, and husband now. Now, Eckhart, you have the key to her room. Do you really just want to go up and <laughs> go into her room? Or are you going to just... Uh... No, let's not actually do that. In fact, I'd probably just leave the key in my apartment. We don't need the key to her room. Okay. But I do have it. <laughs> so yeah, we should go to the front desk. Okay. And the reception. Does anyone have an inn of any kind? Max? I don't know her. No. No, but um, I mean, Eckhart, Safina, you know her. Yeah, we've met before, but like, not in the best of circumstances where like, I don't know. So let's say, let's say Grau suggest that you just said you were fans or something and wanted to... Yeah, I mean, that's sort of what I was thinking. Failing, you know, if we, we no one had an in, we would just think, like, we'll say, like, you know, we attended her performance last night and wanted to, if she had time, extend our appreciation in person. Well, if you're going to do that, I mean, a lady should receive a gift. <laughs> she looks back. You don't just show up with nothing, at least flowers. <laughs> She's right, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have any flowers, is there? There's a bunch of um, daffodils on the reception desk in a vase. <laughs> <laughs> Max isn't the type to, to steal flowers. No, you just buy them off the reception desk. <laughs> Max doesn't have money. I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to the to the reception and uh, is it a uh, a man or a woman working the desk? It, it is a there's a woman there's a woman okay. at the reception. So I say to her, "Excuse me, madam." I'm terribly sorry to bother you, but I have something of a strange request. You see, the woman I love is upstairs, and I have wronged her deeply. I need to make amends, but I, I have no time, and I, I have no choice, and I wonder if I could purchase from you your flowers here that I might give them to her. I throw myself on your mercy, and I hope you will take pity on a hopeless romantic. Okay, you can make a charm or persuade roll. Oh yeah, that was charm, for sure. That's why I have an 86 in charm. Yes. <laughs> oh, she says, oh, oh my dear, true love should have no price attached to it, and she just grabs the flowers and gives them to you. I bow and I take one and I hand it back to her. Uh... <laughs> and, but then you got a critical or something the last time you did it. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's what I said to the maid, where, like, to get her to give me the key, and then I got a critical. I did not think that was going to work. I was just like, oh, right, yeah, I have the master key to the hotel. You've got the master key to the whole hotel. 
<laughs> well, on a one. We should stop being investigators and just become this round this hotel and retire. <laughs> Do the big get yeah, and and this time you'll get a whole gang of chimpanzees. Right, um, yeah. So um, one thing I forgot to say when Grau was having that conversation, maybe in your hangover state, Max, you didn't remember it, but now it comes back to you. He probably implied it, but, he, but he, he, what he said was that he, he really wanted to know whether Anita had any interest in the occult or magical practices and anything you, you can turn up maybe of you, so keep your eyes and ears open. I think it was pretty implied anyway, but just one of them. I'm going to implore one of the others to do the talking because he's not the most charming guy. <laughs> no, no. Right. I'm charming, I'm not persuasive. <laughs> So you go over to the brass and walnut elevator, very grand. Um, yeah, conveys you up to the third floor. And you know that the room 333 is, is just down the hallway to the right. So you get there. Okay. Who's knocking? I, I will knock. A few seconds later, the um, rather handsome, but kind of washed out visage of Henry Chatan Hoffman appears. And he's still dressed in his robe and slippers, even though it's, what, two in the afternoon or something. And he says, ah, hello, he says in English, please. Now, of course, I don't think any of you really speak English, do you? I do. Oh, do you? Okay. I have a 40 in it, so. So, yeah. He was kind of maybe searching for some German, but clearly he doesn't really speak German. And it, actually, you can make an English roll to see if you can detect where where he's from. Uh, he's American. As you would no doubt know from, from my perfect accent there. I actually love your American accent. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, God. No. Anyway, he gestures for you to enter. And within, you see quite a sight. Anita Berber is breakfasting on her preferred morning elixir. There's a bowl in front of her from which vapors are rising. These kind of white, misty vapors are rising and she's dipping petals of a white rose one at a time into this bowl. And then she pulls them out and you can see they've kind of gone like frozen. And she pops one by one, each one into her mouth. And of course, she's sitting cross-legged and naked. I mean, this is a woman who goes out naked into the cabaret. She's not exactly gonna wear clothes at home. She's sitting cross-legged and naked at a small table near the open balcony window, a warm breeze rustling the curtains. She's still wearing her stage makeup from last night, which by now is terrifically smudged and smeared. And as she daintily bites into the frozen rose petal, um, she kind of looks up, sees you all, and, and quite demurely, <laughs> for a naked uh, frozen rose petal eater, she indicates for you to come in and sit wherever you wish, which is easier said than done because the room is an absolute disaster area. Clothes and costumes lie scattered across the floor. The bedclothes are heaped in a drooping pile at the foot of the bed. Countless cigarette butts spill out of filthy ashtrays. Empty liquor bottles are constantly underfoot and taking up most of every available surface. And she says, my dears, my dears, come in, please. Make yourselves at home. Henry, make some room for these lovely people. I know them all. They are the most wonderful people, Henry. I must introduce you. Is there a seat near any scattered jewelry? <laughs> I mean, you would have to move a lot of clothes. You have to shove a load of clothes onto the floor to find a seat. I'd like to offer to help move, and I just kind of want to see 
as I'm moving stuff, whether I can see anything. I've got Alvin's request for to look for science for the occult in, in mind. Are the papers or books? Or... There's a huge mess there. But actually, yeah, there are quite a lot of books and pamphlets and flyers in amongst the detritus. But before you do that, Anita is, she's searching for the names of Eckhart and Safina. She clearly knows you and you know her, but she's, she's struggling to remember <laughs> who you are. She says, oh, these wonderful friends of mine. Oh, so lovely, so lovely. What were your names again, my dear? I say uh, to, oh, he's Henry, not Henry. He's American, right? Yeah, but, oh, no, it is... but he's, he's, he's French-American. Well, anyway, I introduced myself to him. I said, I am Eckhart Schild, and uh, this is uh, Safina Rousseau, Max Nemitz, and uh, Anne-Marie Cool. Enchanté, he says. You'll have to forgive me. I, My German is pretty bad. Uh, I, I know you may think I'm a European, but... I respond in English, and I say, uh, probably no worse than my English. Oh, thank God you speak English. It's, it's hard to get by here. These crowds don't speak very good English. Krauts? <laughs> Yankee Doodle. <laughs> he, 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 uh, he sort of blushes when he realizes he's made a, a bit of a faux pas, and Anita's just looking blankly at you. And then she says in German, Oh, Safina. Oh, Safina. I remember. You were that lovely artist, yes? Yes, that's me. Did you ever do a drawing of, of me, I wonder? No, but I would love to right now. Oh. While, we, while we sit here. Maybe you're closer to her than the others. You you get a whiff of, of what's in this bowl that she's dipping the rose petals into. It's quite a medicinal smell coming off it. Almost quite a strong, sharp smell. And you realize that, you know, whatever's in it, it's freezing these petals before she pops them into her mouth. Interesting, interesting stuff you got there. What What is that that you're dipping these flower petals in? Oh, my dear, would you like some? It is my breakfast bowl. It is uh, ether and chloroform. A wonderful combination. Uh, no, I think I'll pass <laughs> for now. It clouds my artistic mind. <laughs> I, need to, I need to keep my senses sharp so I can do your portrait justice. Call yourself an artist? <laughs> no, you must delve deep into your psyche, my dear. This is the way. This is the path. Drugs. <laughs> Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> okay, so well, while this is going on, you can make that roll now, Max, if you're keeping your eye out. What am I doing? Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, so you can make a spot hidden roll. I don't know if you're any good at it. Not really. <laughs> wow. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, well, you're, gonna, you're getting better. Uh, so that's a hard success. Very good. Very good. So, as you're kind of looking around ostensibly to find somewhere to sit, you see some books lying on the nightstand next to her bed. They seem to be on the topic of Babylonian and Egyptian mythology. Okay. They're in the middle, though, around on and, and spilling off the coffee table, are piles of other kind of papers and things. Quite hard to see just casually what they are because there's, there's such a mess there. You imagine this kind of landslide of various paperwork you might need to um, be a little bit discreet if you want to examine those but those books are certainly uh, interesting 
Eckhart, maybe you notice them as well, given that Max has seen them. And of course you know that Astarte was from that kind of loca locale, Egypt, Babylon, that kind of thing. So, if it's possible, when uh, when I'm introduced to Anray, I'm going to kind of walk up to him and give him my hand. But if I hear this conversation about the rose petals being offered, I will actually move over there, because I'm very curious about that. And I'm going to plop down on the gums, because he's my foot to push aside some crap on the floor. I'm going to sit down and cross-legged in front of her. And I'm going to say, uh, ah, I'm fascinated by your dance. I'm curious about your techniques. And I would uh, like to be a true artist. May I take from your bowl? of knowledge a child you are so young yes of course please help yourself and henry says uh, um, uh, miss miss cool are you experienced with these uh, substances she gives a slight smile and, and she says uh, there's only one way to be experienced and that is to experience oh he's american isn't he? he says okay well your funeral <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak English, so he says that too. <laughs> You're making me self-conscious now, E. No, it's really good. <laughs> it's not. You can't. You, you said you haven't got it here. All right. So how many do you, do you want to just try one? Yeah, she's got, I mean, you know, she's pretending to be bold, but of course she's going to take the thing just delicately and take the smallest bite possible to start with. Okay, so you, well, first you have to dip it into the bowl, and it's a very bizarre sensation because... It's kind of like dry ice. I'm not sure how it works exactly chemically, but it's, it freezes petal. Obviously, it chills the end of your fingertips as well. Oh, okay. so you don't use like chopsticks or anything. I can put my fingers in there. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it gives you this tingling sensation, which in itself is quite interesting. And then you hold it up, and this soft rose petal is now a rigid little little sliver of drug-infused malice in your hands. You're going to pop it in? Oh, yeah. I'll take a, a bite. Okay. Can I bite part of it? I'm gonna, I'll do it very delicately like this. Yes. Well, to be honest, I think half a petal of chloroform and ether, I think it'll just give you the giggles for a while. Yeah. yeah. Give you a very relaxed feeling as you kind of lean yeah. backwards. Yeah, she's going to, like, with her legs crossed, she's going to fall back and, like, stare at the ceiling. Yeah. Make a luck roll. Yeah, I'll... I'll good thing I had that extra luck earlier. <laughs> now I'm going to fail. No? Why isn't it? Oh. Yep. <laughs> wow, with all that luck. So you lean back and you miss the table. <laughs> and you just fall straight back onto the floor. But in the process, in the process, you knock a load of papers off the table, which fall down at your feet, Max. I immediately am like, oh, please allow me. And I try to tidy and pick them up and try and scan them quickly. Uh, and as you, as you do that, you see um, buried amongst the liquor bottles and dirty clothes on the floor, there are a couple of pamphlets that look very interesting. Actually, all three are, are titled Ma Magisha Briefer, Magical Letters, and the three topics are Mirror and Crystal Magic, Splitting Magic, and Satanic Magic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're just kind of scattered on the floor, almost just discarded, it seems. But then everything in this room is... is they don't look after their things. She said, Anne-Marie, Anne-Marie, my, my Liebchen, are you okay? This, I shouldn't have given it to such a young and innocent. Please. And she kind of tries to help you up and you're feeling very woozy, but very pleasure, like it's a very pleasurable feeling at the same time. Right. I'm going to sit up and kind of do this like, you know, I'm a dancer, but I'm very stoned. So I'm going to try to like, kind of like move in kind of very, sens kind of a weird sensual way. And I'm going to say, I think it's working. 
She says, oh, you're so young, so innocent. But uh, you have to understand, it is not about technique, my dear. It is not about style, you see? That is where you young dancers get it so wrong. Why am I doing French? So wrong. <laughs> I'm not French. <laughs> it is not about style. It is not about technique. It is about passion. She probably falls over again when she does that. <laughs> you must give yourself entirely to the goddess. To Astarte. And Henry says, Oh, give it a break. Oh, jeez. Let the girl just relax and enjoy her chloroform. <laughs> right. That's a statement you can say very often. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not. Okay. So, well, obviously, Max, you, you see these things on the floor. What do you want to do? And what, in fact, what, what do the rest of you want to do? What does anyone want to do? Well, I'll just say I don't propose to take them. Actually, no, I, I would like to try. But just the... Um, the satanic one so i want to be looking like i'm just putting them in order and sort of piling them up and if i could just try and slip one in to my sleeve now, or something to do that you would need a sleight of hand roll okay if you i don't know if you've got any sleight I do, of hand. apparently quite good at it oh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> what's your sleight of hand 60. Wow, that's actually really good. Have you been doing pickpocketing as a sort of side side job? No, I think he's just deft. So obviously you can just make a straight roll if you want, but you know that distractions are always a very good thing. So if you can kind of get your friends to help in some way, you you could get a bonus oh, dice. So where is Anne Marie now? Because she fell backwards. I don't know. Where did she stand up? Is she right near me? Yeah, I'm probably down. I'm on the probably on the ground, looking up, and I'm kind of dancing like this <laughs> on the um, floor. I on the floor. If I'm close to her, I might try and like prod her or pinch her, or I want her to oh like. Probably wouldn't feel it given that she's taking some ether. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Max, you naughty boy. <laughs> I'm I'm going to try. Oh God, you're gonna pinch me. <laughs> What, you're going to lean down and pinch her? Well... Is that what you're going to do? I'm picking them up. Yeah, I guess you're kind of there. So what, you're going to lean forward and just pinch yeah. her? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Max, you naughty boy! You've been pinched. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I, and I say something, oh, are you okay? I, this must be what you ate. I didn't do anything. What you ate? <laughs> I certainly didn't eat an old man pinching me. <laughs> Must be the ether. I say to everyone else as I'm. And Henri says, "I told her not to take it. I mean, come on, look at her. She she can't handle her her drugs." At this point, Max, you can make this uh, attempt. To, I say, uh, someone help her up. I think she should be standing. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Well, if no one else does, Henry will will lean down and trying to haul Anne-Marie up and put plonker onto the seat next to Anita. Oh, I don't know if any of that has helped me, but... Well, I think you've caused enough of a commotion to, to give you a bonus die. So you can make your, uh, your slate of panel with a bonus die. So, so hit the purple. Well, look at that. Extreme. I'll tell you what, given that you rolled an extreme, you didn't even need the bonus dice. Given that you rolled an extreme, you can pick up two, actually. So you picked up the satanic one. There's the mirror and crystal magic one, and there's the splitting magic one. I'll take the splitting one. 
Okay. So what, you stuff them up your sleeve? Yeah. Okay. Finding odd pamphlets is not in itself proof of anything necessarily. I mean, obviously, it's indications, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. I think Albin really wanted you to probe them to maybe find out. But you're no good at, at, at talking, I, are you? No, and I don't have any connection to them. Maybe you primed Eckhart and Safina. Yeah. I think this is originally what I might have asked them when I spoke to them initially. So I needed them because they knew. So Eckhart and Safina, did you, you want to talk to Anita? To maybe yeah. try and probe her a bit? It looks like she's uh, relatively lucid. I don't know. Well, I mean, she's lucid, but as usual, she's she is prone to wild outbursts and, and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, you got to tread a little bit carefully. <laughs> well, Anita, we stopped by because we wanted to compliment you on your performance last night at the White Mountains. Ice Mouse. There was something about it unlike anything I'd ever seen before. The effect you had on people was unbelievable. Oh, Eckhart, you are right there. Uh, I think I was at one with Astarte. Astarte? Yeah, so... The goddess. Oh, yes. Truly. Did you not feel the energy in that room? I certainly felt it. I knew not what it was. How is this possible? How? What knowledge have you uncovered that you bring these wonders to us? It is my art, Eckhart. I feel I am one with the moon goddess herself. I feel I, I perform her fertility rite for her worshippers. Through me, they worship Astarte. I glance over at Max. Well, it was truly a uh, an experience to behold. I just nod. Nod my head. So I thank you. So, anyone in the room who's listening to this, like, who wishes, could make either a psychology roll or an occult roll at this point. Are they for the same thing? Yeah, just to sort of understand... Oh, well. I'm gonna make psychology. And it can't. <laughs> I'll make it uh, psychology, because I am listening. But I, should I do, a, like, a negative, because I'm stoned? Probably. You should have a penalty dice, because you, <laughs> you are high... Well, it doesn't well, matter. You're... I, anyways. <laughs> I, think, I think the ether has given you an extra sensory perception. So, all three of you... I, I don't know if Max has any skill in this. Max, I don't. No. Assuming he does. He's he's very what well, Max is very one dimensional, should we say? <laughs> but the three others, you all sort of get the sense that this is just a pose from Anita. The way she talks about it, the kind of excessive floweriness, the it's almost cliched, really, the way she talks about the fertility goddess and that she is the manifestation. It's clearly a pose. And um Safina, you you really you're convinced that that this woman doesn't really know anything about the occult. You, you, you're pretty well-versed in, in the occult. And yeah, she's just a dabbler who's using the, the imagery and symbolism to give her a bit of edge, really. How did you come to know of the, the, the goddess? I have done some study and I know the name, but I was unaware of any active worshipper of her. I thought her uh, vestige of, of civilizations long past. Having seen what last night, clearly uh, she is alive as and well as is her worship. I wonder what more you could tell me of this. 
So at this point, actually, she she kind of and I'm not going to roleplay this out because I don't know enough. <laughs> she starts just rambling on about Astarte, but it's the way she talks about it. Again, it's clear that she's just kind of digested a load of stuff from books, probably from the books she has on her bedside table, and she's just kind of randomly putting various bits and pieces of lore together and coming up with some kind of nonsensical explanation for what, why she's doing it. So you definitely get the sense that she doesn't really know what she's talking about, basically. I'm trying to probe her for, like, who told her, like, who put her on to, like, who is her occult contact? That's really what I'm trying to find out by, like, other worship, like, who else is, you know what I mean? Like, who brought her into, like, how did she come to know of Astarte? Was, I was hoping she'd say, you know, the high priest, whatever. And, and she says, oh, oh, well, Henry, it was you, wasn't it? You, you showed me that first book, wasn't it, my dear? And Henry says, I'm not sure that was the case. Wasn't it you that brought that book home from the, from the library that day? I'm sure it was you, darling. And again, Eckhart, you can make a psychology roll at this point. Do you want to spend some luck on that? Do you want to leave it? Uh, it's 15 sure. luck, and I'm kind of low. No, I'm not. Okay. I think I know the deal. <laughs> you do, but does your character? <laughs> right. She's the more high one, so he's the liar. She's definitely more high. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. What about? Does anyone else want to want to join in the light questioning here, or are you happy to yeah. leave? It? Well, I'm laying on the ground, you know, kind of swaying, and mm. I, I hear this conversation. I'm going to say, uh, "Oh, I, I would love to see the book. Do you still have it? I would love to see it." And learn from it, because even though I know she's full of shit, because uh, you know I can see she's making money with it, so that goes along with my roguish. Uh... Yeah. So, in fact, Anita says, "Henry, get the book for for Anne Marie," and he, he just nods and walks over. And at this point, um, Berber just kind of sways a bit, and then she just bursts out into giggles. It seems like the ether is is finally getting to her, and. Who have you? I mean, obviously Anne Marie is the most attractive, but she's also lying on the floor and she's high. Can I ask her one more thing before she giggles, or I'll ask her while she's giggling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I want to. I want to say once she sends him away, because I hear what she says. I'm going to say, "Oh, where do you get one of those?" One of what? Henry. Oh, <laughs> where do you get one of those? She says, "Oh, you know, easy come, easy go." <laughs> and then she just starts giggling and giggling, and she says. Oh, he's a handsome man, but not as handsome as... And then she looks straight at Safina. Me? <laughs> Am I the attractive one? You are, out of the others. You've got, you got an appearance of 60. And then and then the giggling Anita, she kind of gets unsteadily to her feet. And then she goes over and just sits on your lap. Oh my gosh! Oh my! I am uncomfortable! <laughs> and she says, oh... And then she's, she starts tickling your nose with a feather. <laughs> that she just walks out from Ma her. I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to get off me. Please. Oh, Safina. It has been so long since I've had the hands of a small thing around my neck. Oh, you remember poor Fufu, the chimpanzee. <laughs> he had a special... While I sympathize, I, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I have a very bony body. 
<laughs> I'm gonna attempt to like heave her off. <laughs> okay, you can make a you can make a strength throw. Very <laughs> uncomfortable, and I don't like this. Throw the naked old dancer on the Okay, you can get you get bonus dice because she's she's light as a feather. That's still crap though. Okay, roll, roll, just roll another d10. No, <laughs> you're really weak. I'm not sure what. It, maybe she's surprisingly heavy, and she's just kind of bleeding eyes to the rest of you. Like, help me. She's in that sort of drunk leaning, you know. That oh my God. she says, "Oh, I still cry myself to sleep about poor little Fufu every night." Fucking drunk bitches. <laughs> oh, one night I felt his poor little leathery grip around my neck slacken and turn cold. The poor creature had smothered to death underneath my coat. You killed your monkey? I know, I know. I should never have worn a heavy overcoat that day. I thought it would keep him warm, you see. Oh, sounds like you have a coat that you want to get rid of. <laughs> okay, so at this point, Henry Schattenhoffman stands up and he says, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, when she gets like this, and he just kind of goes over and gently lifts Anita up. And he says, uh, Liebchen, uh, come, uh, wir müssen uh, a bath, bathe? Come on. And he takes her hand and guides her into the capacious white tiled bathroom, um, leaving you all alone in the living room. The sound of running water in the tub is soon heard, along with more giggles from Berber. So the four of you are are alone now in in the in the main living room of the of the suite. All right, search the joint. <laughs> did he give me that book? Did did Henri uh, give me the book that you sent him for? I think he he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. A few things happened. Sorry, I got up for a second. Yeah. So yeah, you've got this book okay. on Babylonian mythology. You know what? I, I won't even ask you to make spot hidden rolls. You you search through the papers. It really it seems like those three pamphlets that you saw, Max, they were the only really interesting things here. The rest is all just trash, old bills, bits of newspaper cuttings of random shit. I'd like to take the third one, if I could, the mirror okay. one. Is there any information on the book that I have where it came from? Like where they bought it? Does it have a bookstore name? Is it from a library? Like the location? No, nothing in particular. It just looks like a, a pretty standard commercially available book. It doesn't look very esoteric. It looks pretty mainstream for a book about Babylonian mythology, if that could be the case. But um, given that you're looking, Max, at the three flyers, they all seem to have information on them about the author, the date, and also an address on the back of each pamphlet. I mean, if I have time, I wouldn't mind handing, showing the others, or at least Eckhart or Safina, I guess one of the people who have met her before just kind of showing them what i've picked up if i if they're in the bathroom for a little while yeah and i just say look and sort of hand the satanic uh, magic book across i mean obviously in your previous encounters with with anita there was no nothing particularly of the occult that you know struck you but obviously she's probably gone through a big change in lifestyle <laughs> and so on but yeah the um You've got the pamphlets, but at this point, you you see the door to the bathroom opening up again, and Henry comes back out. Maybe you 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 were discreet and you were keeping the pamphlets uh, behind your back or stuffed them in your pocket, or whatever. And Henry Schattenhoffman reemerges, and he says, "Apologies, um, she shouldn't bathe unattended when she's like this. Uh, please, please take some of these." And and you see, he roots around 
maybe for a minute you're a bit worried that he's gone for the pamphlets, but in fact he um, he picks up from the detritus a bunch of flyers, and uh, he hands a couple of them out, and you see it's a flyer advertising his piano exhibition that night at Klerchen's Ballhaus on Auguststrasse. And, and he hands one to each of you and says, I would so love it if you came. I mean, clearly, Anita has, has a lot of time for, for you guys, and uh, I, would, I would love to, to have you in the audience tonight. Please, please do come with my compliments. And maybe he's got this kind of strange gleam in his eye as he says that. <laughs> as he hands out the flyers to each of you and then he says I'm sorry I gotta get back to her uh, God knows what what she's doing in there as you hear this huge splash and then out very loud laughter coming from the bathroom <laughs> and then he says oh just see yourselves out so will I see you tonight please please say you'll come I think we might be able to, to squeeze it in oh good good all right well um have a nice day then um Make sure you get plenty of rest. It looks like uh, you had a long night, like us. And then he disappears into the bathroom. I'm not sure I'm ready for another orgy tonight. <laughs> so, with that, uh, you are alone again. Uh, you have the pamphlets. And, uh, yeah, you can leave at your leisure. Have we turned up any jewelry? Jewelry? Yeah, or, like, valuables. Are you going to rob her? I'm going to rob. It's not a robbery if we were invited in. <laughs> I think the police might argue the toss on that. <laughs> okay, well, I tell you what, make a luck roll, Sophia. No. Nope, you don't find any jewelry. You stole it all for drugs. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they have anything of value, to be honest. It's all spent on ether. And let's say you, you reconvene then, unless you want to steal anything more. Let's say you, by the time you get downstairs, Katorian has finally arrived from that errand he was on. <laughs> Katorian, you had some very pressing errand that needed attending to. I'm not sure what it was, but maybe you'll you'll come up with uh, something later. But um, as you're entering the lobby of the Excelsior, maybe they left a note for you. You see the the four of them coming down the elevator, and Max, has, his pockets are stuffed full of papers. Yes. I, I say, <laughs> Katorian, how did it go? The uh, it was a complete disaster. The the actress is a drunk. And she's never, she's... That's usually a plus. But it isn't when we can't get her out of her dressing. She's that kind of trick. I see. So I can't imagine that we're going to be featuring her anytime soon. Do I know Katorian to be educated or, you know, interested in the occult or anything? I'm not, uh, actually. Um, I'm knowledgeable, but that is not something that I have any particular knowledge of. Yeah, I think Eckhart is the one that's particularly interested in Eckhart. And Safina knows. I don't think she's, like, a student of it. She just seems to know about it. What are you doing, E? I'm flossing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you you really don't care anymore, do you? Uh-uh. <laughs> You're flossing in front of us. <laughs> Half the time when I play, I'm doing, like, a facial also. I was not doing a shit. <laughs> I probably don't want to show anyone in the lobby or anything, so I'll probably wait okay. till, till we're back somewhere. Okay, so let's say you've gone back to Cafe Sophie then. You've 
you've got your materials out on the table in front of you. So um, to fill you in, Katorian, they went and questioned Anita and Henry about last night's craziness. And it seems very much like Anita is just a poser, that she's in no way a, a black magician or sorceress, she, she, from what you from what you said. Well, I think Max doesn't know that. You know, he didn't. I don't, he Max tell. doesn't know that, no, but, but Safina Eckhart and Henry. Yeah, that's true. So he's kind of yeah. convinced, I think. So he's kind of raising it with everyone. I say, I think, you know, she may have happened upon some ritual, you know, created some effect through her dabbling, but I don't think she actually has any idea what she's doing. I think she actually believes her own bullshit. She thinks she's just that good of an artist. I buy that assessment. She clearly was babbling on, like some kind of stoned... Oh, also, I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? My dear Marie, I'm terribly sorry. I needed to create a distraction back there. Well, you all saw what happened. Yes, when I pinched you. Yes, not the first time a man's pinched me, Max. <laughs> Especially a much older man. Yes, an old, much older man. <laughs> Truly, I meant nothing by it. My apologies. I mean, a sharp kick would have done the same, surely. No. Right. <laughs> Or anything else. A pinch was more discreet. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yes, that's the problem with old men. They always take a pinch and a pinch is discreet. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm still, I'm probably still kind of stoned. Um, it's, 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 no, it's, it's wearing out. I think those kind of things probably wear off after a few minutes, to be honest. So she says, uh, uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like she she knew more than this book, and you know she talks about the. I'm convinced that it's probably uh, something that somebody's using her. That's the problem when you're an artist like we are. There's always somebody behind the scenes trying to pinch you or use you for their own purposes. That Henry guy. Yeah, I don't put much credit in Americans. He seemed as much of a boob as she. I pull out the uh, pamphlets and I and I say, well, what do you think about these? Are these also just sort of nothing or? There might there be something to these? I don't know anything about the occult. Yeah, I guess I'll take a look at them. Yeah, so they're all written by someone called Gregor Gregorius. And the address is actually a bookshop called Bookshop in Veha. It's in North Berlin. Zion Kirchestrasse, Zion Church Street, which doesn't sound like a Jewish neighborhood. <laughs> How old do these look? Can we, like, are they folded up a million times and beat up, or do they look relatively new? No. They're all within the last year, actually. The earliest is May 25. The most recent is February of this year, and it's now August. So, you know, mostly about less than a year old. But, but hasn't she been in, in, in America? Uh, yeah, she has. But, you know, these are pamphlets, so they're the sort of thing that you would just buy. You know, they might be kept, you know, back issues or whatever. Right, right, right. And clearly this bookshop is some kind of a cult bookshop, this Inveha bookshop, where these were printed. So, at this point, the telephone has been ringing a couple of times, and uh, Katorian, your assistant, Aegon comes over and he says, Katorian, this fancy guy has been calling up all afternoon, wants to know what you found out. He's, he's on the line. You want to speak to him? Okay, uh, I'll, I'll speak to him. I try to play off the fact that I'm still not exactly sure what you guys are talking about because I was I was I spent the last day out chasing around this beautiful uh, 
crazy actress who who does uh, an act with a with a snake, like in uh, which call it, like in Blade Runner. <laughs> but but she turned out to be like mess of a drunken drug fiend and yes i wasted the whole day <laughs> so now whatever's been going on i'm trying of course i i always know what's going on so you get to the phone and it's mr grau again it's albin grau and he says yes who am i speaking to this is hercatorian oh hercatorian yes of course so what did you find out not as much as i would have thought really really No, I'm sorry. I, I can't say that I have anything at all, but um, maybe next time. Okay. Right. You, you saw Berber, yes. I walk over and I'm like, <laughs> I, I just gotta reach out for the phone. Oh, is this Max? This is Eckhart Schild. Oh, yes, yes, of course, of course. Right, now, maybe you can give me more details. Your, your friend Katorian seems to be very vague. He was indisposed and did not uh, actually speak with Miss Berber, so... I'm glaring at you over the uh, as I'm standing next to you at the phone, going like, "Don't make me hit you next time." Yeah. So, uh, Eckhart, what, what did you find out? Clearly, Miss Berber and her uh, associate are dabbling in some sort of uh, occult rituals regarding the goddess Astarte. She told us as much, and we found various sort of uh, occult tracts in her room and uh, as well as a book that she said uh, had given her the first inspiration to look into these matters she believes her performances are a worship to the goddess and call the worshippers to their purpose and you say there are literature yes of an esoteric nature then I just say yes A bookshop. A... We have the address. Okay, let's assume you tell him that because you've got them in front of you. It's Gregor Gregorius, and it's the Inveja bookshop. And he says, "I know this author very well. This is most interesting. Perhaps he remembers. Uh, you remember selling them to Adrian and Anita. I mean, are you sure they belong to them? That they weren't just detritus in their room? No." Ms. Berber's associate invited us to a uh, performance of his own tonight. Associate. Uh, her. Oh, not so. sure what he is. Uh, let's call him a husband. husband. Hus oh, they're married? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, alright, that makes it easier. <laughs> I'm sort of gesturing I want. I would like to speak to Alvin. I gather from your end that I've. Well, uh, Max is asking to speak with you. Oh, please put him on. Alvin, my friend, how are you? We were all happy to do this favor for you. I'm sure you can take it from here. But, you know, look, uh, whatever project you've got coming up, uh, if you need a character actor, if you need a leading man or lady, <laughs> of course you'll, you'll keep us in mind, won't you? Or if you need some script help, right? I'm sure Eckhart will. Max, you're top of my list, okay? Great. Uh, is doing the, uh, I believe he's at Clairfian's 
And I think with that, we will leave it for tonight because it's getting late. You have an invite to see Henry playing the piano tonight at the Claire Christmas Ball House. That was nice to do Christmas together. Isn't Christmas just a wonderful time of the year? I'm just wanted to thank, well, deeply, humbly thank the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society for giving me permission to use their wonderful Christmas carol, Awake Ye Scary Great Old Ones. For those of you that don't know the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society, they are, well, a multimedia empire around all things Lovecraft. So go and check out Voluminous, their fantastic podcast where they go through all the voluminous letters of of old HP himself, which is uh, amazing insight into the man and his work and his contemporaries. Check out their incredible prop sets for Masters of Nihilathotep and their films of Call of Cthulhu and I think The Haunter in the Dark as well and a few others. So, big fan. See you next time.